0: News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. I'm Joe McGranahan. How you doing, brother?
1: This is Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation's premier talk show. Matter of fact, we're the best. In fact, <laughs> oh, I don't know, there's a Steve Jones no show. No, Steve Jones. Well, I should, I should, we're the best
0: non-sports talk show. <laughs> yeah, the best non-sports <laughs> talk show on WKOK. Right. All right. Matter of fact, we're the only one, right? <laughs> well, in a manner of speaking, yes, but we're one of the highlights of WKOK's day. Between us, Steve Jones, Kim Commando, Dave Ramsey, Gordon Deal in the morning, probably the best show on the radio in the whole world. Love Gordon Deal's and uh, every it, morning. I love his sense of humor. Right, and his conservative left, he should be happy about that (laughs) so all right well we have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to military consultant jeff mccausland from cbs news good morning jeff thanks for calling morning jeff Morning, guys. Much appreciated. Well, let's start out uh, with uh, things related to the balloon. Uh, we're hearing from the Pentagon that this its not just a balloon. It's a fleet that's been around the world, including three appearances or four appearances prior to the one that we saw recently. So bring us up to date with what we know about the Chinese spy balloons.
2: Yeah, what we're learning, I think, is this one single balloon is part of that, as you suggest, broader effort gather intelligence on the U.S. as well as other countries around the world that the Chinese have operated for some time. And and actually, you have to put it, I think, into even the broader context that there's an ongoing effort by the Chinese to gain intelligence on U.S. military activities, advanced technology, uh, as well as even personal data of Americans. We've seen that through uh, from crypt- cyber attacks as well that have resulted in the Chinese getting access to designs of American aircraft, personal data on Americans, as well as conducting overflights using these balloons, which are looking particularly at U.S. military bases and U.S. military efforts.
1: Jeff, isn't it odd that, you know, we, we said we knew nothing about this, uh, the government hadn't said anything about it when it first started coming across our territory. Uh, now, all of a sudden, after they shoot it down, we find out that there have been other incursions, we find out that, you know, this, we have all this detail about it. Isn't that odd?
2: Well, it's odd in a way, but on the other hand, I think what's happened is that NORAD intelligence-gathering agencies have been monitoring these balloon activities, but obviously the most recent one was the most egregious. And clearly, because you could see it, and thousands, if not millions, of Americans watched it across the United States, and, You know, places a demand on the Pentagon, and now we're discovering that these kind of activities have been going on for quite some period of time.
0: What, can- what intelligence can you gather from a high-flying balloon?
2: a number of things, I think one is, based on when the, the altitude of balloons come in at, this was about sixty five, seventy thousand feet, obviously lower than a ballistic missile that would come in, which would come in as well on a ballistic trajectory, and actually higher than aircraft would come in because missiles and or, uh, bombers and fighters try to fly lo- fly low to you know get into the radar clutter of the ground. So the first thing is, when exactly do American radars pick us up? How close in or can we actually get over American territory before the radars actually pick us up? Obviously, it p- picks up data about the weather, which is not unuseful uh, for, actually, if you're going to conduct a missile attack or an aircraft attack. The missile, uh, ba- balloons can also dwell for a period of time more easily over a particular site at lower altitudes than obviously even a low-Earth satellite. As a consequence, I'm told the imagery that they can acquire is clearer, sharper, and they also can do much more signal intelligence, where they can actually pick up transmissions from the ground to include cell phone calls, much easier than, a, than even a low Earth orbit satellite can do. And of course, by staying there for a period of time, the imagery they acquire can show if there's any changes in activities going on on the ground. For example, <clears throat> it would be an interesting question to ask, I doubt the Pentagon would answer, was there any kind of exercises going on at Maelstrom Air Force Base up there in Montana, Whiteman Air Force Base in Missouri, which it appeared the balloon actually overflew.
1: Well, with the Chinese Communists demanding the return of this debris, um, you know, is it possible that we'll give it back, number one, and what do you think we can learn from it?
2: Well, I think we can learn, first of all, was this actually a weather balloon, as they claim, or a military surveillance balloon, which I think it actually was, or some combination of both, and that clear evidence is useful for the broader demonstration to the world community of the kind of activities the Chinese are conducting. Whether we give it back or not, I think it's kind of almost amusing that they now want it back. But don't forget, back in 2001, the Chinese actually forced down one of our surveillance aircraft, which we conduct surveillance of China using aircraft flying very close to Chinese airspace. Well, they forced this aircraft down over Hainan, Hainan Island, held the crew for several weeks before they finally released them. They actually returned that aircraft to us sometime later in pieces. So if we return it to China, I hope we give it to them down in the, in the basic, you know, <laughs> single number of pieces we can possibly disassemble it too and then return it, yeah.
0: <laughs> How much uh, have we recovered of this? Do we know that yet?
2: A little unclear to me, but uh, people I know and who have been involved in this suggest that this is not as difficult as an operation as you might think. Uh, it was shot down fairly, fairly close to the coastline, and consequently the uh, depth of the water in which it went into was about 50 feet, which is not that hard for divers to conduct salvage operations. It is spread out over a distance of about 1,500 square meters or more, mm-hmm. so it's a pretty good size area. But... Uh, Absent, severe problems with weather and the like, I would think the Navy and the Coast Guard shouldn't have that much trouble picking up the vast majority of the debris.
1: Well, there's a lot of talk about when it should have been shot down. Uh, from your standpoint, from a military standpoint, if you were the guy making the call, would you have shot it down when they did, or would you have shot it down over deserted places like Montana and North Dakota?
2: No, I, just, I think I would have waited. It seems to me persuasive, first of all, that... Uh, you want to shoot it down where the debris does not endanger Americans. I think the second thing is that we kind of we kind of uh, assume that this is an easy thing to do when in reality this is actually a quite difficult. Shot. I've talked to some Air Force friends. Uh, keep in mind that F-22 has a max altitude of about 58,000 feet. Balloons at 65, 70,000 feet. So the aircraft actually had to launch this sidewinder. The sidewinder then had to go up another mile or so before it could hit the balloon. And Then you have the problem if the missile malfunctions or the missile misses. Uh, then you have not only debris coming down the United States, you have a sidewinder missile coming down the United States, which can be <clears throat> a real problem. So, I th- And then finally, I, I think uh, the probability of us recovering material intact is greater over water than greater than over the ground. Uh, and. Furthermore, I mean, the Pentagon has suggested, and I'll take it at their word I know they have the capabilities, that as soon as it was identified passing over Montana, they made uh, every effort to ensure that it couldn't effectively pick up or transmit intelligence. That means to me they used either microwave, cyber, lasers, electronic warfare, to uh, blind the cameras and, in fact, uh, prevent it from transmitting data.
1: Well, that great book you wrote, Battle Tested, uh, which I still highly recommend to everybody that's willing to listen to me, (laughs) but yesterday they found an an unexploded shell at Gettysburg dating from the Civil War. So I guess you have a real point when you talk about a missile coming down somewhere and burying itself in the Earth.
2: Yeah, old ordnance is not not helpful, (laughs) that's for sure. Thanks for that plug on the book. I appreciate it.
1: The last time I saw you was in Lancaster, and you were surrounded by people who were getting your autograph on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you find that ordinance at you know, Little Round Top?
2: Uh, talk, you know, talk to me. I, I yeah. didn't find any ordinance at Little Round Top. <laughs> <laughs> I <don't. All> right. <laughs> no, I haven't found any little ordinance up there. I, I do have some I do have some mini balls that actually were, were fired in the battle, but I personally have not found any, uh, any on the battlefield itself.
0: One of our listeners sends a note, uh, it, I guess the, the understated, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, unwritten uh, mention here is all due respect, so I'll say it, all due respect, the three balloon story during the Trump administration is a lie. Top intelligence and defense personnel say it never happened. What's your view on that statement? That's one of our ultra-conservative listeners. It says there were no three balloons over the U.S. during the Trump administration.
2: Well, all I can say is the Pentagon's been pretty adamant that there there were, in fact, three balloons. Now, that being said, to be fair to Mr. Trump and to be fair to his administration, it's unclear to me whether NORAD and U.S. Intelligence Services raised that issue uh, all the way up to the White House and the National Security Council. So they say they picked them up, they monitored their, their movement over the United States, but may have handled it as a more routine matter that, that they didn't think, because it was not cover, not crossing you know, significant areas, not crossing large parts of the United States, that they did not find particularly worrisome. We also know, as I'm told during the Trump administration, that balloon activity was conducted, particularly out in the Pacific, in the vicinity of Hawaii, where we have U.S. Pacific Command, and in the island of Okinawa. Um, but I'm not certain, from what I've been told, that those ticker balloons actually crossed over into U.S. airspace or, were in fact, you know, uh, over international airspace.
1: Jeff, one last question before we let you go. From the standpoint of the Chinese, what do you think they'll do going forward now that it's been exposed for the whole world? Do you think they'll curtail the pro- program or just be bold enough to keep on going?
2: Well, Bob Gates, former Secretary of Defense, used to say the three words most infrequently said in Washington and probably in Beijing as, as well is, as, and then what? And that's the big, most important question. What do you do now? And I'm worried a little bit that this particular incident demonstrates the problem with Chinese leadership. It seems to me that they were very desirous of Mr. Blinken making this trip to Beijing to see if we could at least find some bottom in the descent of U.S.-Chinese relations. Xi Jinping had indicated that to Biden when they met in Bali, and the vice premier of, of China in speaking at the World Economic Forum had indicated that as well. So why do this now for what seemed to be rather minimal intelligence gains unless this was one of those things where, you know, hey, it was on the schedule to uh, of flying, you know, X number of balloons that we were supposed to fly one that day down in the deep reaches of the PLA and in their structure, of course, Nobody questions what the boss put out six months ago. That's the schedule to do it, and we're just going to applaud the doggone thing. Uh, and uh, so Mr. Xi might have been as surprised as everybody else when this when happened. I'm not saying that it did happen, but I think that's possible. And that's worrisome because of what it suggests about the Chinese decision-making process when it comes to crisis management. Finally, of course, what worries me a lot As I suggested a moment ago, we conduct surveillance aircraft activities along China on a fairly regular basis. And Chinese jets come up regularly to buzz these surveillance airplanes. And, of course, there was that incident I mentioned back in 2001 where one was forced out, and a Chinese pilot was killed in that incident. I'm not sure I'd like to fly on the next surveillance aircraft that we got up there flying along the Chinese coastline this week. That might be a particularly exciting experience.
0: Well, thank you so much for your insights thanks, and Jeff. information. Hopefully we'll see you in Gettysburg. We'll go from there. <laughs> but thank you so much, yeah, sir. Yeah, come
2: on, come on down, guys. And I'll take you both on a private tour of the battle. How's
0: that? Done. We're, we're going to take al- you up on that one yep, of these days, we're Jeff. We're on. Thanks. Okay. We'll send the note. <laughs> thank, thank you care, so sir. much. Jeff McCausland, a CBS News military rec- uh, consultant, retired colonel from the U.S. Army, teaching at uh, Dickinson College. And former at the, at, the Getty, at the Army War College. He was a... Uh, also One a uh, leadership there. consultant. I forget the yep. name of his company. Leadership. Diamond 7. There you go. Diamond 7. Alright. Super. So uh, leadership training for uh, primarily people in business, but anybody could sign up and they have uh, what, weekend and week-long sessions. tell you,
1: he's a, he's a great speaker. We had him at our state mayor's conference. I, After I read his book, I suggested that they try and book him and they were successful in doing that. Boy, he is just a great speaker. No, very knowledgeable about the
0: Civil War. He had a bunch of people who are not historians sitting on the edge of their seats. Mm, fantastic. <laughs> all right. Jeff McCausland, we always appreciate that. See, we have our own retired general, to give us a point of view. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah I, I still hear Fox News saying that this is a lie about the balloon flyovers in the Trump administration, but they're the only people maintaining that now. Everybody else kind of acknowledges that it probably happened. And, uh, well, that's
1: why That's why I ask him the question about, isn't this amazing that all of a sudden we're finding out all this stuff? You know, mm-hmm. we, we find out there were former incursions in our airspace. We find out that they were doing this, they were doing that that, you know, and we even know how much money it costs or what the, how the thing was made, right. who owns it. I mean, it's amazing how
0: we found stuff out so quickly. But our good listener, also very informed, says the three-balloon story during the Trump administration... Is a lie. Is a lie. Top intelligence and defense
1: personnel say it didn't happen. Right, okay. Well, that's for the Fox and version. And they always
0: tell the truth. Right, but uh, mainstream media says it did, and the Pentagon says it did. So, who do you believe? Donald Trump. Fox. He said it didn't happen. All right. Right, exactly. All right. To be continued. All right. So we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we would give you the opportunity to weigh in on the topic we discussed, the balloon. We saw Marjorie Taylor Greene with her balloon yesterday. I was waiting for somebody at the State of the Union to release a helium balloon. You know, you can put just enough weight on them so they're kind of buoyant at room level yeah. to just let it r- drift across the room. But well, no, somebody posted a balloon with a, one of those Chinese takeout cups below it oh, okay. <laughs> floating in the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Having, I think this is a little more dangerous than right, that. This is serious. Okay. Alright, folks, uh, feel free to give us a buzz on the market. sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. I'll tell you about the Hyundais I looked at yesterday. looked at the uh, Venue and the Tucson. The Tucson is just a super great SUV, and the Venue is a real economy car. $23,000 uh, for a vehicle that's got air conditioning and power windows. <laughs> Joe's the, that's, those are the only two things Joe's says this vehicle is half to no, have. No, it has to have stereo sound. Well, it has a stereo, yes. That's right, I need that. <laughs> All right, fabulous. All right, On The Mark, sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company. Call us now, 570-743-9565. You can email us at on the mark at WDKOK.com and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM.
3: Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I...
1: Speculation, but the question that's unanswerable is, and I've heard people speculating about this: if the government, if the people of North Dakota hadn't gotten a picture of it, would the government have said anything to us about it? Well, probably not. And was a private citizen the first to start to share photos? Well, it was a newspaper. I think they uh, somebody took it and they took it to the local newspaper
0: and they ran a picture of it. Okay. Then, then of course the cat was out of the bag. They had no choice but to start talking about <laughs> gotta it. Gotta do it. All right, five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. If you'd like to talk. Talk to us about the balloon we're talking about right now. We can also wrap up our conversation about the State of the Union and the fabulous uh, uh, MAGA remarks of Sarah Huckabee Sanders that were pretty well received universally among uh, Republicans, as far as I could tell. And you can uh, contact us. You can email us at ontheMarketWKOK.com and text us at 70236. One of our good finders of fact who's out there in the audience wrote this email, Joe, right in the middle.
1: said Ted Cruz spoke out yesterday about the balloon during the Trump years and vehemently denied it took place. He said he saw all of the intelligent briefings and it never happened. Mm-hmm. But the question is did they choose to brief the
0: president on it? Well, and I think one, one good theory now is the Pentagon is lying. Alright, so let's let's say the Pentagon is capable of lying. Okay? Oh, I think they're fully capable of well. Were they lying then, or are <laughs> they, they lying now? Happen? <laughs> or are they lying now when they said it did happen? Well, there's only one man who knows the answer to that question, and he's Stan? on the line right now. <laughs> Stan, did the three balloons fly over any part of the U.S. at all during the Trump years, or not?
4: Actually, I don't know. What, what I will say, I postulate the theory that it didn't happen. Didn't. Okay. And if it did, no. Uh, if it did. And the people that knew it was going on didn't inform the president. We have a whole other set of problems here, don't we?
0: Right, yeah. Trump didn't have much of a relationship with the Pentagon, so I could see why they wouldn't tell him, because they don't want him to get all upset and turn it into a big international incident. Or possibly with the truth.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, turn it into an international incident? Uh, Let's see, a foreign country, basically our number one adversary decide to send spy balloons over the continental United States and it's not an international incident, hmm, I beg to differ. That's if it happened. I, I, that's what I say. I don't know if it happened. And for them to say, well, we're going to go back and, oh yeah, we have in the Pentagon that there's actually evidence that it happened, but the President was never informed of it, we have serious problems in the Pentagon.
1: Well, there's no argument about that. So, certainly but, be you know, for
4: now, because Biden, it was discovered that it actually happened during the Biden administration. Of course, we have to go back and say it happened during Trump. That's the you know, that's my feeling on it. So whether it actually happened or not, I don't know, because I wasn't there. I didn't see it. So I have no proof one way or the other. My gut feeling says it didn't. But if it did, we have serious problems in the Pentagon and Mark Milley. Was in the Pentagon, was he not? Wasn't he still the chairman of the Joint Chiefs? What is it? Chairman of the Joint Chiefs? Chiefs of chief, yeah. chief Staff? Whatever
0: joint Chiefs called. of Staff, yeah, that's what it's called. Yes, one of our listeners, yeah. who's about eight years old, sent me a text that says, were they lying then, or are they lying now?
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is it? And Millie, Millie of course, Millie's the one that said he called his Chinese uh, counterpart and says, well, if Trump's going to do something, I'll call you and let you know. Is that how the Pentagon is supposed to act when we're (laughs) doing something against the adversaries?
1: Not in theory.
4: (laughs) Right. So... We got a whole series of problems going on in the Pentagon right now, evidently. Well, I think, and, that and Austin is another big problem with the Secretary of Defense.
0: As is, 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 uh, as uh irresponsible as it sounds, you know, some of the talk among people who are Pentagon insiders is that they didn't want to tell the President Trump because they knew he would overreact.
4: Really? Uh, <laughs> right? He overreacted like he did with the the Iranians when they shot down one of our drones.
0: No. Yeah. I don't know. I'm did, just he
4: re- did he overreact then? No, he didn't, because he knew it would take more lives than the drone was worth.
1: Yeah, well, you've got a point there. Yeah, discretion
0: mean, is the better part of valor. I wrote that the down.
1: Problem, the problem with President Trump was he was so mercurial, you couldn't tell exactly how he would respond in any given situation. I think, and, that's, that's <laughs> the, and, 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 Joe, sometimes that's a good thing. Well, I agree. I think it, that's part of why he was able to keep the world at bay, during his administration yeah, because nobody knew exactly what he
0: might do. is a, It's like a Tasmanian devil. Nobody wants to <laughs> itch it behind the ears because you don't know if he's going to like it or kill you. Right.
4: <laughs> and we were in a whole lot better state, shape in the world when that was going on. Then and we are right now because we know Joey Biden is weak and will just roll over for the chaicoms especially since he's bought and paid for by him. They own him, plain and simple. Yeah, he
1: own He's the finest president the Chinese could have bought us. <laughs> right. And, and, and now <laughs>
0: The true
4: Manchurian candidate.
0: You have an American president where you, you, you wonder, do you want a uh, lucid, in-command buffoon, or do you want a, uh, a, a senile or oh, just really? a regular buffoon? Right. Either way. Really, 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 really Mark? Who's being buffoon. laughed at. Who is laughed really. at globally, but feared. So, you know, which Re- is better? Really
4: laughed at? Mm-hmm.
0: No, Trump was laughed at internationally. Correct. But people still see uh, him.
4: And Biden's not being laughed at behind uh, his it back? He
0: probably is now. Yeah. He probably didn't start out that way, but now that they oh, realize no. who uh, he no, is. No, they knew how he was. Okay, so they are now. Okay, I got you. Well, uh, I have no sound argument against that, so that's quite possible. Yeah,
4: I, I mean, and, the, oh, by the way, the Hunter laptop thing, it's coming out now. There's another emails are discovered. because there's so many of them, It takes a while to go through them. That Burisma wanted, had Hunter tell Daddy that uh, they needed to stop the investigation into Burisma. And that's when Joe went over there and threatened the Ukrainian president that either they fire the prosecutor or they don't get the billion dollars in aid. Okay, that happened soon after that.
5: Oh, I so haven't seen that. So
4: there's more evidence coming out every day that Biden was on the hook with the, uh, the Ukrainians, the Russians and the Chinese. Well, there's a, there was
1: another email that I heard reported this morning about some kind of a backdoor office that uh, would, uh, would be able to help the Chinese communists I, I didn't catch the whole story, but supposedly it was uh, an email from Hunter to somebody in his staff saying, "Hire this guy. Uh, tell him to come in the side door." And it was a building, you know, right behind the Chinese consulate or embassy or whatever, that would make <laughs> it easier for them to deal with him. And he said to keep our keep our Chinese partners on the loop.
4: Well, are you sure that wasn't the Penn Biden Center?
1: I don't know what it was. But, you know, then you had Olivia Ocasio-Cortez getting up on the floor of the House and screaming that this is just – oh, no, at the committee hearing yesterday where they were looking into, I guess, banning the story of the Hunter laptop. Uh, She's saying that this is all nonsense, in effect, which is ridiculous. I mean, everybody admits that there is a story there now except apparently Olivia Ocasio-Cortez and Joe Biden.
4: I've seen parts of that, and she was just going on a rant made absolutely no sense with her word salad. So, you know, I, I don't put much stock in anything she says, because when they, when they, last week, when they uh, voted to keep, uh, what's her name, Omar, off the uh, Foreign Relations Committee, she went off on a rant, too. But she was up there dancing, basically, when she was ranting.
1: Throwing papers, it was too.
4: A, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was amusing to watch, but it, it didn't do nothing, so... All right, yeah, have a great
1: day. Hey,
0: you too, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for calling yep. in. Stan from Danville, always a welcome caller, as is all of our callers, as are all of our, our callers, right. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury, WKOK News Time. It is now 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe (laughs) McGranahan. You okay over there, buddy? (laughs) All right. (laughs) How many diamond rings does it take? How many diamond rings, right? All right. Welcome on board, everybody. It's the WKOK live telephone talk show (laughs) on the mark. I would love to retrace the through line to how we got to that conclusion. Yes, I I don't think we better do that. (laughs) We're talking about Valentine's Day (laughs) gifts for next week. (laughs) Right. uh, We ended up with diamonds, so uh, maybe we're on the right track. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. We have open phones this hour. We had Jeff McCausland on the line trying to do a little bit of a finding of fact related to the balloon, and I was very pleased to say that he says there are just some things we don't know about the balloon and the previous flyovers, and whether there were any previous uh, flyovers. Uh, Some good listeners that we have say, nope, the Pentagon was lying then. And other folks say, nope, they're lying now. So, which is it? We have to pick one. So, we would invite you to weigh on on this important topic, the State of the Union Address. We saw Marjorie Taylor Greene holding a balloon yesterday, saying that the indecisive President Biden, it was worth calling him out on that, should have talked more about that. Uh, she said, well, a lot of people said he should, probably should have talked a little bit more about that, or at least mentioned the U.S. southern border during a State of the Union address. So what's your uh, observations about that? But a lot of positive reviews coming into the State of the Union. He was obviously sharper than usual. His speaking was great. He was ad-libbing at the microphone and was able to stay on point and to, uh, you know, deal with the hecklers in a fun way.
1: Yeah, those B-12 shots really help. Right is that what it is? <laughs> well, I wondered, you know, they
0: probably had him up to a maximum. Do you crash after you're done with those when you yeah, take them? Yeah, they probably had to get him out of there fast afterwards. Although okay. he hung
1: around for 45 minutes, I'm told. No, he did do a good job as far as delivering the speech and engaging the audience. He did, he did no doubt about it. Did you Do you take B-12 before this show? Uh, no. Okay. All I right. take it at night. Okay. Thank you. Take a, you have a tablet. Okay. Along with a lot of other supplements I take. Try to keep healthy.
0: Oh, okay. We'll <laughs> worry about that another day. <laughs> yes, let's. Uh, ask too many questions. This is what happened. <laughs> well, you get an answer from me. Uh, on the market sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company, check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-WKOK. You can email us at the the mark at WKOK.com and you can text us at 70236 include the key word OTM. Do you believe that there were three balloons that passed over the U.S. during the Trump administration and one previous one during the Biden administration? Uh, some folks, some pretty learned folks out there are telling us that, uh, including Fox News, says that the Pentagon is lying now when they say those balloons did cross over and Trump says it did not happen. So if you can't believe him, who can you so believe? So what
1: would be the point of, of saying that if it didn't happen? If it didn't Just happen. out of well, because
0: I think if it, did, if it did happen during the Trump administration, he was unaware of it, somebody could say, well, hey, look, he's a buffoon. He's unaware that there's a balloon over him. <laughs> yeah,
1: but if he wasn't told, it's you right. know, that, and I think there's probably some pretty s- strong evidence that he, that they didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. You know, they were brief incursions. Maybe thought maybe people thought it was a weather balloon, or maybe nobody wanted to kick it up the chain of command because they weren't certain what it was,
0: and now the threat was over. The thing was gone. All valid comments. Yep, 100%. No. All right. So we would invite you to weigh in on that topic, if you so choose. State of the Union remarks, if you so choose. We can talk about them. Uh, maybe there's some other topic you'd like to discuss, maybe some local news topics. It's an open phones day Thursday. It's the last day of Joe's retirement a shortened week before he goes on respite for a couple of days so uh, we'll see him when he gets back on monday morning but you can call us now uh, 570-743-9565 you can email us at on the mark at WKOK.com and text us at 70236 uh, oh, one of our listeners texted us and said who cares <laughs> They don't care if they were balloons in the past or not. All right. That's a good outcome. Two people have been charged, one of them criminally by police, after an infant child abuse case in late January. Watsontown police say they've charged 24-year-old Amanda Parker and 36-year-old Ernest Reynolds for the severe abuse of a child in January. Reynolds is still on the loose. They're looking for him. Big revitalization meeting underway in Shemokin.
6: Don't believe the narrative of doom and gloom, don't look in the rearview mirror. That was the message of a Shemokin public reconvening workshop Wednesday. Shemokin residents in attendance said they were excited about the city's future as they learned of the many revitalization efforts underway in the city. Tina Martin, a lifelong resident, says the workshop has given her many ideas and to whom to go to with those ideas.
5: You can't look at the past. You have to move on to the future with new ideas and new thoughts. Times have changed. you got to move forward in order for progress to grow in the city.
6: Organizers said the revitalization movement in Shemokin gained significant momentum three years ago prior to covid They said it's back in full swing now involving residents, economic development officials in the city and city officials. We last told you some of the projects underway include a complete redo of Independence Street, including an illumination station pocket park. Susan Vanasky-Ward is the president of Shemokin Community Gardens. She talked about other efforts underway.
5: We're passionate about working youth and adults together with far Better Together to increasing pride and respect in your community. It just will help people feel, yeah, there's a reason to be proud of this place
6: again. Ward says her groups are also working to create maker spaces, modeling the ones now open in Milton. Mike Duganitz has also been involved with the new youth movement in the city and says he recently met with 29 Shemokin high school students. He said they just don't want more things to do in the city. They want to get involved. They want to plant trees. They want to help their neighbors. Some of the kids were asking yesterday if there's an
7: older person that has a porch that needs painting. How can we go out and help? It's going to be, instead of look at these kids and look what they're doing, it's going to be, look at these
0: kids, look what they're
6: doing. Officials from the Shimokan Economic Development Authority also told participants they're purchasing key strategic properties to avoid blight. Residents can find out more about the new movement of looking forward in the city of Shimokin by visiting the Go web webpage. Macatrello News Radio 1070 WKOK
0: PPL reporting a power outage impacting about 10,000 people in Snyder County. It's primarily the Route 522 corridor from yeah. Sealands Grove to Beavertown, and is uh, impacting various communities along the way. Their website says a 3 p.m. restoration time. Oh,
1: that's standard. They just po- post that immediately. That goes like five hours or six hours. They just say that, and then later on they give you more accurate details.
0: What Joe said. All right. Okay. Thank you. Sunbury attorney Benjamin. Affelbaum says he wants to return as magistrate. He announced this week he's seeking election to the open Sunbury District judge's seat. Seeking re-election, you could say. Following Tuesday's special election, which gave them a one-seat edge, Democrats are looking forward to being in control of the state house. Democratic leader Joanna McClinton says Democrats are ready to lead the house.
5: We recognize all the hard work that's ahead, and we will not let you down. Our caucus has never been more unified. 24 of the last 28 years, We were not in the driver's seat, but we look forward to the privilege of leading and serving in every corner of this commonwealth.
0: As to who will be speaker when the House returns to session later this month, McClinton had this to
7: say.
5: While we cannot get ahead of the days to come, please stay tuned to see what the will of this body will be on the date that we return to voting session.
7: While it had been thought McClinton would become
0: speaker when the session began in January, Representative Mark Rossi was chosen in a deal with Republican leaders. Mark Sims, News Radio, 1070, WKOK. One of our good listeners sends us a note saying U.S. Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania was hospitalized Wednesday after feeling lightheaded while on a U.S. Senate Democratic retreat in Washington, D.C. His office says he was driven by his staff to George Washington University Hospital. And they said, quote, initial tests did not show any evidence of a new stroke, unquote. And just for the power outage information,
1: it looks like one part of it goes from Port Treverton all the way to the southern end of Sealands Grove, and actually, according to this, all of Sealands Grove right now is without power, according to the, the PPL's outage map. All right. I don't know whether within those grids they show the areas that the power is affected, and it's showing the entire borough of Sealands Grove. All right. And what's the reason? Except at 522. Um, I don't know that they know a reason at this moment, do, do you think? Well, does it, it usually says, if you click on the stars... Uh, let me click on one. It just says... Uh, not available. Cause is not available. Okay. Uh,
0: some other headlines very briefly here. Uh, this is what Joe was excited about. Gettysburg National Military Park announced they discovered a Civil War-era unexploded artillery shell uh, Wednesday. According to the park, the shell was found within the Little Round Top Rehabilitation Project area. Officials with the park says it dates to 1863, weighed 10 pounds, measured 7 inches long. The shell was handled by the 55th ordnance. A disposal Company from Virginia. The team gently washed off the shell and removed it before it was destroyed off-site because of the device's discovery. The area and local roads were closed Wednesday afternoon but have since reopened. The park is nearly seven months into a two-year-long project to restore Little Round Top. The project includes replacing an overgrown walking path and restoring an area around the Little Round Top Monument. So that area won't be accessible to us in the summer, Probably not. Okay. Well,
1: um, parts of it are opening up. I'll have to check with my brother-in-law. My brother and sister-in-law live down there and there. He rides it. through the park, so he knows what's open and
0: what's closed. So and it's part of his daily commute? No, he rides his bicycle through I the gotcha. park. I <laughs> Okay. And finally, WHTM-TV is reporting. Joe, you'll be happy about this. A sculpture of abolitionist and civil rights activist Harriet Tubman has made its way to Lancaster. It is on a national tour since January of 2020. The statue in titled Harriet Tubman's Journey to Freedom shows Tubman holding the hand of an enslaved girl leading her to freedom on the Underground Railroad. As of now, the sculpture is outside King Elementary School at the corner of Duke and North Streets in Lancaster, thanks to the African-American Culture Alliance in Lancaster. Uh, Quote, we are still on a journey to freedom. Juneteenth became a holiday last year, but we're still fighting for equal rights, voting rights, fair housing, unquote, says President of the Cultural Center, Derek Smith. Let's go Joe, you and I can drive down and see this. It's on display until March 30th in okay. Lancaster. Love to see it. Love it. Okay. With that, Joseph's been very patiently waiting through the headlines. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark.
7: Yes, good morning. Uh, the military expert that you had on earlier was talking about this uh, balloon, and he was saying that uh, they shot a sidewinder at it, but they didn't want to shoot it over land because... If the sidewinder missed, it perhaps could have went and, you know, hit a town or a house or something and hurt someone here on on the, on the ground. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm no military expert, but I know that we have technology, that we have smart bombs that they can put in a window of a house, you know, from a mile away or so, I guess. And uh, wouldn't those sidewinders have a self-destruct uh, thing that they could... Uh, Destruct them if they miss their target and they're going to go toward some place that we didn't want them to go. Sure, I would but if think they, that they, they have that technology. Joseph,
1: the problem is if they blow it up over your house, the shrapnel's going to rain down on you.
7: Well, yes, that, that would be true. And, uh, you know. Uh, well, I was also, they said, now I want to know, if you guys maybe know this or can check it out. What would be the payload that a balloon that size could carry? Uh, how much you know weight? Oh my gosh. Uh, That's a, a good question. That, that, that a balloon that size, I wonder yeah, could good carry. Good
0: question. Hundreds of pounds, though the balloon was quite sizable, said to be about thirty feet across. They said it was as big as two school buses. Okay.
7: Yeah. So, uh, I said this before. In the Second World War, over eighty years ago, the Japanese uh, bring uh, rice paper balloons. Right. No. Technology, except the jet stream, jet stream to bring them over here, and I understand that there was a, a person or two killed by them uh, out in the west coast.
1: Well, their goal was to start forest fires and burn down communities, and they were not very successful with them. Well, oh, no, right. they
7: weren't, but uh, like I say, they didn't have uh, eighty years of technology that we have today. That they, uh, I understand also that they had uh, Chinese had the power to maneuver this balloon where they wanted to is is that true isn't that what they say they said
0: it was guidable, yes yeah, yeah they can run it up so, and down and so it would get into different streams of wind
7: so my thought on this is that 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 i believe it was a trial balloon and uh if <laughs> they want to wage war with us as the japanese did Uh, Why couldn't they just have a whole fleet of these things and have uh, the United States already mapped out where the military bases are and the ICBMs and all these strategic places, power places, and uh, just send a whole mess of them over and drop things down? You know what I mean? Uh, Basically, undetected this, um, they said somewhere before, you know. uh, I'm just wondering, you know, if that isn't their uh, goal, you know?
0: Yep. Yeah, that's an interesting question. point. All right. Thank you so much, sir. Good questions hey. all. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, and I think as time goes on and we find out more about this, it'll be good to have Jeff McCausland back on as this finding a fact as we learn more yep. what was the, on the payload. If they tell us, they may never tell us because, uh, you know, international secrecy or national security, that kind of stuff. All right. One balloon uh, email, and then we'll hit the uh, break. All right. Joe and Mark, so what if
1: there were three balloons? during the trump administration the only people that care are the far left and far right people trying to have a gotcha moment on their political adversaries do we as a nation really want to know what is happening with threats to our country we have enough to worry about without added stress of knowing everything that goes on at the pentagon <laughs> that's what i call the ostrich <laughs> syndrome. symptom syndrome yeah right okay all uh, right. you, you can go
0: ahead and do this. And the, then okay. That Bottom
1: it. line, China revealed to the world that we are hesitant and indecisive about protecting our sovereign airspace. Embarrassing. Are we hesitant? I mean, we jammed it right away. We had our planes following it right away. I, I don't know. Well, you know, what are they saying? Are they saying that we jammed it? Uh, I heard that, that yeah. we were jamming well, it.
0: the Pentagon says that, but then again. Then you, they may be lying. Uh, we've established that they, uh, <laughs> that they use the President Trump school of truth telling. So, all right. Well, to be continued. Uh, feel free to give us a buzz on this or anything other topic. Call now five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. That's five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. You can email us. <laughs> One of our listeners sends me a text. Says, Don't forget about Mr. Leiden if you're going to talk about the truth. All right. <laughs> I love it. I haven't seen that picture yet, but that was probably a good one. New York Post after the State of the Union. All right.
8: 570-743-9565. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area.
0: Welcome back <laughs> WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I was just watching a clip. Somebody sent me a clip, a clip uh, Washington Post, when uh, President Trump said that he's accomplished more during two years of his administration than all other previous administrations. And some people at the U.N. General Assembly laughed. Yes. But is it, what that would be a true statement, though, just because of time marching on. I mean, you would have to accomplish more, right? You would think. Okay. All right. 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com and text us at 70236. we got some open lines right now. We would love to hear from you, Joe. well,
1: we may be having trouble getting people from the Sealands Grove area to get in because they're showing PPL's outage map is showing. The service is affected for 6,545 customers between Sealands Grove and Beaver Springs. Well, their cell phones
0: will still work. Hopefully. Yes, true. Well, unless the cell phone towers are out of power. This is why you have to have a battery-operated radio, folks. That's right. Five seven zero. Oh, you can also listen online. <laughs> but on many people s- have those electronic phones that don't work when the power's off. Right. You mean wireless phones? Right. So wireless yeah. You phones. have to have a powerless corded phone. Should have
1: one times. in your house. Assuming you have a wired phone outlet anymore. A lot of people don't because of the uh, free, of the ubiquitousness of. Um, Ubiquity of cell phones. The uba equity. Ubi- U-ba-equity, ubiquity. Right? Yes, the uba equity. Oh, ubiquity. Uh, of, of, uh, ubiquitousness. <laughs> ubiquitousness. All right. Did we read this yet? No, but the, our bottom. Yes, I oh, did. Oh yes, we did. I'm sorry. But we didn't read this one. There are so many questioning the existence of the reported three balloons during the Trump administration is evidence of how far confidence in our institutions have fallen. Poll after poll shows our declining opinion of all facets of
0: government. Sadly, this includes our military. <laughs> right. I think that's true, because, uh, I mean, even on this show, where we certainly have respect for the military, uh, we are trying to determine whether they were lying then or lying now, and, and that's not good <laughs> for one of your main institutions. We know you're not telling us the truth. We right. just don't know when you started lying you to just us. just can't <laughs> figure it out, which, which is which. Okay, you have one in the upper right-hand corner there. All
1: right. President Trump was the first president in 70 years to meet with a North Korean leader. The world did not laugh at him
0: at that moment in time. No, and I think people saw that as uh... really a high watermark in the president's uh, administration uh, even though I think President Trump kind of diminished it when he talked about the love letters that they continue to exchange. But dear other, Kim, right, I love you, son right. Donnie. You know, I understand. <laughs> if um, I, I, I get, never mind. If, if two men want to exchange love letters, it doesn't diminish anything. Never mind, false alarm. All right. Well, it's <laughs> okay. up to it's up to men if they want to send each other letters. What difference does it make to me? David, you're on the mark
9: good morning gentlemen this crazy day icy and slippery and dreary but you know we're alive no balloons overhead that we know of
0: right, um, right. and this on is
9: your that last subject they had um, C-SPAN carried it they interviewed Nora, uh who's a full colonel I believe he might have even been a general and they specifically during the Pentagon briefing asked about intrusions during the Trump administration and he unequivocally said 2016 to 2020, I can tell you, there were no Chinese weather balloons or any other intrusions into North American airspace. And when I say North American, he goes from the Mexican border all the way up through Canada. That's Norad's job. And, you know, he had some time in based on his medals and his markings, But so I believe him.
1: There's some question, though, about whether or not Radar. Our radar would pick this up, and there was some question about whether or not the Chinese were trying to find some pathway or vulnerability here in this country uh, that they could exploit in the future. So you know, he may not know. We may not have had the necessary equipment uh, focused, and you know, they they said all of our radar is focused on uh, incoming ICBMs from Russia or China. You know that we're not not really looking at the true because
9: the size of the package on it. We can track a Cessna. If you go on Flight Tracker, you can track a Cessna 172, which is a starter plane, but, you know, a very good training plane. The size of the metallic package underneath this Chinese spy balloon was huge. It was the size of five Cessnas, if not more. You know, so I don't want to hear we couldn't track it and everything else. The solar panels are made of metal and crystalline glasses and everything. Those have a reflective quality. We knew where this was coming in. This administration just chose not to do do anything about it. Back all the way back to January 30th and 31st, when it crossed over the Lucian Islands, which is when they should have shut it down in the first place, they chose to do nothing.
1: Well, they were also talking about all the reports of UFOs over the years that could have been these Chinese balloons floating over the country at very high altitude.
9: We have our own technology being developed, just like we had with the B-2 and and the Uh, 117 fighter jet with the panels, you know, I don't think there's UFOs flying over the United States and North America or any place. It's our own. You know, you still can't fly over Area 51. If you take a private plane and try to fly over Area 51, you are met with an armed escort in the sky to leave the area. Because there are certain secrets that everybody doesn't need to know about. You know, you know, yeah. and, and now everybody knows the Y-22's flight capacity is 55,000 feet, and its missile capability is another 10,000 feet on top of that. Uh, we just proved it now. So now the Chinese and everybody know that we weren't lying about its you know, Y-22 Raptor was a very much-developed us program.
0: Right, one of our listeners reminds us of the Forbes uh quote we read yesterday. This is from Forbes Magazine. I think this was written two days ago. It says, General Glenn Van Herc, commander of the U.S. Northern Command and North American Aerospace Defense Command, told reporters a domain awareness gap led to the Pentagon's failure to detect the threats during Trump's tenure, but the military later learned about the balloons via intelligence-gathering operations from additional means. So I think, Mr. Nora, that you're talking about is 100% right in telling the truth that they, the balloons didn't happen. They did not detect them. But this other uh, commander says that because of this domain awareness gap, which I'm not sure precisely what that is, uh, led to the fact that they didn't detect them when they happened, but afterward they found out that they did fly over the U.S. So, uh, again, what is is this semantics we're talking about? You know, they definitely flew over, says one general, but we didn't detect it. Another one says they absolutely positively did not fly over. We would have detected them so we can't i don't know who to trust well you the you
1: size don't. of these
9: things in the helium tank just to keep it air- airborne because when these are first launched they look like a rust or a, a wrinkly old balloon and as they go in atmosphere you know <laughs> <the> pressure's <laughs> low they expand and they also have tanks on them to add extra helium hydrogen mixture mostly of it it's mostly helium they still put like a five percent hydrogen in for lift capabilities but being that it's so explosive, they don't use very much of it anymore.
0: All right.
1: Well, sort one, of like our, the Hindenburg. one of our emailers says, heck, NORAD tracks Santa Claus every
0: year. Yeah, so they, how can they go wrong? They can track a little sled like that and a fat guy, they should be able to track much smaller than a Chinese <laughs> spy Ruck. balloon. All right, thank hey, you so much, let's, David. Let's
9: easy, take it easy on us fat guys. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> you I'm you one go. myself. Right, <laughs> same. All right, appreciate that call. We'll take more comers, 570-743-9565. seven four three nine five six five. Let's see, one of our listeners sends us a picture. What is this? A picture of Joe? Have I don't know. Uh, oh, it's a picture of, of a whiteout. Women apparently. during the Trump administration dressed all in white, holding up a peace sign during pre- one of President Trump's State of the Union addresses. It says, "For those who have. Short memories. These were the Democrats reacting to President Trump's State of the Union address. They walked out and they protested. Yeah, it shows them yelling yeah. during Oh, and you know, they
1: just have such great respect for the President, unlike the Republicans, that according to our friend E.B., yeah, who I yesterday don't, said that the Republicans just didn't respect the office of President.
0: I do not fault people yelled at. Uh, Biden, President Biden earlier this week, or Marjorie Taylor Greene would we'll call him a liar. This is just the know. new normal. But
1: it's not right. I mean, I don't care whether it's Republicans or Democrats doing it. It's not right. You mm-hmm. know, you should at least have respect for the office. If you don't like the man, you don't like his policies, beat him at the polls. But at least respect the office of President of the United don't States. Don't beat him with a poll. What, at the polls. At the polls, all right. Unless you want to be an insurrectionist then grab a flagpole
0: and beat him over or the a head fire. was <laughs> right. Sure, right. 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 But most Republicans don't do that. No, they don't. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family owned dealership since 1915. They have two locations, 4th Street in Sunbury and Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Find out more about them at sunburymotors.com. Call 570 743 9565 if you want to participate in our show. But go to sunburymotors.com if you would like like uh, to visit the sunbury motor company i was there yesterday looking at a hyundai tucson which is a fabulous suv about 40 grand or so but uh, just jam packed with everything it's got everything something like a uh, lexus or a top of the uh, the world cadillac might have in a small su fantastic vehicle great to uh, price nice and big ultra safe for the whole family also uh, looking at the hyundai venue which is also another vehicle twenty three thousand dollars it's the modern equivalent of the economy car, and you can buy it right in Sunbury. If uh, that's the price of the vehicle you can afford these days, hey, nothing wrong with that. It's a fantastic vehicle. And Joe <laughs> yes, Joe, it has air conditioning. All right. Happy? Now, yep, I'm well, happy. Joe won't drive any vehicle without air conditioning or power windows. So, uh, that Well, was, they don't even make them anymore, do they? What, uh, crank, windows? Without power, crank windows? I wouldn't think you'd find them on too many vehicles. See, so, yeah, that's a good point. All right, we would invite you to... Uh, uh, go visit our sponsor i was just there yesterday looking at the next vehicle they'll have me drive Five seven zero seven four three nine five six five 9565 is our telephone number
8: there's something to be said about a sale with a handshake a service technician who really knows what he's doing they can explain it in english what the problem is there's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area The
1: graphic image of him in a tree is lost on radio somewhere. (laughs) Right.
0: Oh, that's true on the uh, Prolog ad. Right. Uh, You are following the power outage. What's the latest?
1: Yeah, uh, some areas apparently have power, uh, have gotten it back. It was like a brownout, you know, where the lights were flickering. But it's still, PPL is still saying that there are some 6,000 customers affected between Sealands Grove and Beaver Springs. And that's, uh, they're saying they don't know the cause. At least their website's saying they don't know the cause. And they're estimating that the repair time will three o'clock. Well they always give themselves plenty of time like that, but then when they finally get crews to wherever they think the problem is and ascertain what it's gonna take to fix it, they always update that amount of time. All
0: right. So keep us posted about that. Yeah, that number was 10,000. Now it's down a little bit. All right. Washington Post did some fact checking on the president. Uh, The president said, read the highlighted sentence.
1: Right. President said, I stand here tonight after we've created, with the help of many people in this room, 12 million new jobs, more jobs created in two years than any president has ever created in four years. And to quote the president himself, malarkey.
0: (laughs) President, and then WAPO (laughs) goes on to say, President Biden is comparing his Jobs record for the past two years to his term for the first full four year terms of the previous presidents. That's misleading, says Washington. Well, it is misleading, and the fact that they didn't have you know, uh, that about 10, 8 million
1: of those jobs were ones that were lost during the pandemic and came back. He did create,
0: I mean, there were two, 2 million plus jobs created during his administration. All right. One of his claims, we've already created 800,000 good painting manufacturing jobs, the fastest growth in 40 years.
1: But left unsaid is that the overall manufacturing jobs have declined by a third since the peak was reached in
0: 1979. Another one, uh, the president said the highlight part, Joe.
1: For too many decades, we've imported products and exported jobs. Now, thanks to all we've done, we're exporting American products and creating American jobs. But the balance of payment, unmentioned by Biden, imports have also gone up every year, from $2.81 trillion in 2020 to $3.4 trillion in 2021, <laughs> a 21% increase, and, $3 and 90, or $3.96 trillion in 2022, a 16.5% increase. So lion Biden is at it again. Well, I,
0: I love their <laughs> Pinocchio meter shows. This is not an outright lie. It's a bit slippery. <laughs> okay. But if it were Trump, it would be an outright lie.
1: But right. with him, it's a little slippery. You can read this whole paragraph. All uh, right. America used to make 40% of the world's chips, but in the last few decades, we lost our edge, and now we're down to producing only 10%. Fortunate, unfortunately for us, he's not talking about potato chips, where our, <laughs> our production is very high. But they say... This This statistic comes from the Semiconductor Industry Association, a trade group, which says the U.S. share of global semiconductor manufacturing capacity has eroded from 37% in 1990 to 12% today. And that's a
0: troubling number, really. Okay. America used to make 40%. All right. Uh, We would invite you to contact us, uh, 570-743-9565. We'll do some more Washington Post fact checking of the president. I don't think there's any statistic there where they said he told the whole truth and nothing but the truth. (laughs) Everything's a bit slippery. Oh, yeah, right. As I said, with Trump, it would have been a lie. With Joe Biden, it's, well, he's a little off. (laughs) Right. But he's lost the Washington Post. They are no longer in his corner all right mr harry go right ahead
10: well i, I find it interesting I, I watched very little of the uh, i tried to watch the movie, but i couldn't take it. i just couldn't take it <laughs> and one of the things that really got me is, is biden reminds me of uh Warsaw once did a definition of the uh uh did a bit about the definition of an optimist was the captain of the Titanic being asked by the passengers around about the ice surrounding the ship and he said oh that's for the cocktail party we're having Saturday night (laughs) and and that's kind of what Biden reminds me of I one of the things that I heard while I was watching and nobody ever calls this guy on this and and I don't understand why Um, he has been in Washington for 40 what 48 years Long and time. here he is the other day claiming that for four decades, economic policies have have uh, destroyed the hope of the American people. <laughs> and yet for 48 years, he was a big part of those economic policies through the Senate, Vice President, and God forbid, words come out of my mouth, President. Um, you know, and here we are. This guy always has... A blame for somebody. Even two years into his presidency, he's blaming Trump for policies. You know, these people should be paying rent to Donald Trump because they've been living, you know, he's been living in their head for so long. But we don't ever hold this guy accountable for anything he says or does. Why is that?
1: Well, because the mainstream media is in love with him, and, you know, they all felt, well, the worst thing that ever well, happened was Donald Post. Trump
0: being in here. He lost the Washington Post. But what what does holding a, a, a lying president accountable mean? Okay, we know President Biden uh, is told primarily half-truths during his, you know, they're all optimistic, forward-thinking statements instead of the pessimistic version of things. What is it? Lies lie and statistics lie, or, Joe, what's that old <laughs> axiom? So, okay, so we know he's not telling the truth. What does well, holding him accountable mean? Figures don't lie, but liars
1: figure. Well, is that well, what you're looking for?
10: Somebody's got to tell him. I mean, I you watch people who want to retire, for example, but are tied into the amount of money in their 401ks that can't do it now because the economy has gotten so bad that money's not there anymore. Right. Don't stand there and blame somebody else. Don't stand there and tell me about the triumphs you have with an economy where you know now they even now he's getting credit because inflation has moderated okay, it's down to the high sevens or mid sevens, I guess now. What did I see, 7.3 or something like that, 7.4? But, but that's only because it went to the highest point it had been in 40 years before. It had to come down. You know, there's, let's ask him the question. Don't say, oh, well, that's good, that's progress. Let's ask him the question, what is, is there a plan anywhere? And nobody in their right mind can sit there and look at their figures and their numbers and their bank accounts and what it's costing you for, for groceries and fuel and fuel oil and electricity and say, oh, I'm better off than I was two years ago. Just say, no, Mr. President, we're not talking about half-truths. We're talking about blatant out-and-out lies that do nothing but pump up your ego and your chances of getting reelected. Let's talk about just one fact. Just give <clears throat> me one fact. And if somebody would ask that question, then somebody else asked for another one. And maybe, just maybe, I know it's a pipe dream, it's poly polyamish, but just maybe we get somebody who starts talking about reality, not reelection.
1: Now, Nikki the, Haley. The problem, the problem is that every politician, and I'm not just going to lump it on Joe Biden, every politician exaggerates to some extent to make their record look better. I mean, Donald Trump did sure. it. He's doing it. It just goes sure. with the territory. But the problem is that the media was more than willing to hold Donald Trump accountable, less so with Biden. Now, finally, they've come to the point where they can't ignore Biden's gaffes and his inconsistencies, and they're forced to cover it. When presidents who well, have lied the to the too. public... So sometimes
11: biden has get not reelected told
10: the truth that I know of in 48 years and yet Trump was the guy who was known as the liar it boggles the mind it just and Trump was many things many I of think, them not good I think, personally i think <laughs> okay.
0: biden's known He's as a not liar not a good
10: person let's be honest about that but but biden is just a self-promoting liar who is a career politician who's never had a real job I don't
0: never I I think even staunch democrats recognize the fact that he doesn't tell the truth. I don't I don't think he has a reputation of not being a liar. I know we did talk about Trump a lot when he was in office and his name still comes up a little today. But uh Honestly, I don't I, I know Harry, you say, you know people think they believe Biden. I honestly don't think the general public recognizes him as telling the truth. I think they know he lies because he's a politician.
10: But, yeah, but but, Mark, why doesn't anybody ever hold him accountable? For well,
0: they're going to vote him out in two years. Is that what you want? Well, I, I would have rather they didn't vote him in two years. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's too late. Yeah, well, but good that would point. Be a start, no, I, I you know? see what you're saying, but that I'm. Would be a start. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying, <laughs> but uh, you know, people. People had faith, or they, or they wanted. You know, people wanted to get rid of Trump, Donald Trump in the worst kind of way. So, you know, you had to. And take they got
10: the, it in the worst kind of
0: way. Uh, right. So, <laughs> well, and I think you could argue that President Biden is better than President Trump in some ways. So, you know, well, this, uh, I, people I, we'd are,
10: have to sit down and talk about that, and you'd have to use real small words and talk very slowly for me to understand. that. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, I'd be willing to do that. We'd slow it down <laughs> to elementary level for you, Harry. Right. Have, have a yeah. good day. Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the good work. All Thank right. you, sir. Thanks, sir. Thank you for representing the uh, good conservative contingents of Snyder County. Very much appreciated. All right. 570-743-9565. Joe, read one more of these Washington Post fact-checkers.
1: Okay. Let's see. Being the president, we used to be number one in the world in the manufacture in, and no, infrastructure. infrastructure yeah. We've sunk to 13th in the world. And Biden is citing rankings from the World Economic Forum that cover 140 countries from all economic tiers. According to the 2019 ranking, Singapore had the best infrastructure and most competitive economy overall, while the United States placed second for its economy and 13th for infrastructure. The infrastructure ranking crumbles a bit when you look closely at it. Of the 12 economies the World Economic Federation ranked ahead of the United States, three, Singapore, Hong Kong and the United Arab Emirates are top coastal city-states. That's not a relevant comparison. Moreover, as our colleague Charles Lane noted, when the United States trailed the Netherlands, Switzerland, Japan, Korea, Spain, Germany, France, Austria, and Britain, it's more realistic to treat the six continental European countries in this group as a unit, since goods and people move through them freely being the borderless
0: Shenzhen area. Yeah, it lost me on that one. Sorry about that. But that's Washington lost me on that Post one, too. Fact-checking. <laughs> But we would invite uh, you to help us do the fact-checking of the State of the Union or something else you'd like to feel free to bring up. You can do so. 570-743-9565. Email on the mark at WKOK.com. Text at 70236.
3: Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors.
0: Welcome back to WKOK okay, Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, we got a short amount of time and two callers. And the power outlet is down to just oh. Sealand's
1: Grove right now, down to about 3,000 people, so PPL is making progress. All right, Joe, you're on the mark.
11: Hey, how you guys doing this morning?
1: We're doing well, and you?
11: Oh, pretty good. Hey, I I just wanted to piggyback on Harry's last call. That uh, You know the old adage that, uh, you know, a politician's lying because their lips are moving? Well, you know, Joe Biden just takes it to a whole nother level. Uh, he, you know, from the very beginning, his, his plagiarism, his lying about where he was in his class rank, and, and all of his stories, I mean, it's just it's just enough. And and I agree, somebody needs to hold him accountable. Somebody from the press needs to step up, get a backbone, and call him out for what he is. I, I mean, how with all these far-fetched stories, How do you believe a single thing that he says? I I mean, he's the commander-in-chief. He's supposed to be a leader. But to to tell these far-fetched stories, well, they're not stories. They're lies. I mean, his whole life is a
0: lie if you ask me. Well, yeah, but I I think people do, but what are you going to do? You know, you can write him a letter, say he's a liar, or the Washington Post or New York Times can do news stories, and Fox News does it on a daily basis, but so what? Nobody cares about that. They just want, you know, him to keep on presidenting, and then whomever comes in in two years, they'll put somebody else in there. You know, that's holding him accountable. You know, you and Harry both said, well, somebody should hold him accountable. People point out that he's lying all the time, you know, and oh, I, oh yeah. what they, are you they, supposed they, to do? They,
11: they, they don't, what I'm saying is not write a story about it. If if a bunch of guys are together and somebody says something, they're going to call them out face to face. You know, and, and Joe thinks he's a, a guy's guy. He, he shouldn't <laughs> have any problem. Old, old, big, tough, straightened. You know, but, well,
1: well, the I'm, the issue is I'm here.
11: from the press?
1: The issue here is that the president, every politician, does this. If we actually had a politician oh, exactly. who always spoke the truth, you know, and and just uh, what, what was that old? There was a bit about the TV show. I think of maybe Saturday Night Live, where they did a thing. Every time you lied, this dog or this somebody knew what it was, and you got a zap. Your collar got zapped. If we could have that <laughs> immediately, the that dog the president, collar. yeah, dog collar on the president. The minute he lies, he gets zapped. You know. I think we'd all be better off. All
0: oh, right. I think
11: so, too. But I, I think Joe Biden's just taking it to a whole, <laughs> to a other whole new
0: level. level. All right, we got gotcha. you. All right, thank you so much, thanks, Joe. Joe. Thanks Joe, for appreciate calling Appreciate your in. call. Cindy, you're on the mark. Last caller of the day. Go right ahead.
5: I didn't hear the entire speech, but near the end he made a comment I found very uh, disturbing, which was this, the United States is the, this is paraphrasing it, the only country in the world that rose above its struggles and came back strong. And I thought, that is just ridiculous. That's a preposterous thing to say. What about France, devastated by war, back being a, you know, a republic? What about England? They seem pretty functional to me. Yeah, look they at were, their history. They were bombed, you know, they were bombed ruthlessly by the Germans. Yeah, what they about were, Germany? Well, they were wonder-
0: England was one battle what away g- from being called Daneland. What about Japan?
5: What about Japan? <laughs> what about South Korea? What about Vietnam? I mean, there are lots of countries. I, we make a mistake when we say, you know, we're better than all the rest of you, and we can feel good about ourselves. There's a difference. There's a difference between saying, I feel good about myself, and I'm better than you, too. There's a huge difference. And I, that's so... Uh, short-sighted and, in fact, I think historically inaccurate. It's wrong. Well,
1: bear in mind, Cindy, bear in mind that most of the countries you mentioned, we had a large part in rebuilding them after the war. I recognize that,
5: Joe, but that doesn't change the fact that they've come back strong and that they are a functioning country, taking care of their people and, you know, being a good neighbor in the world. Now, the other thing I wanted to bring up was this. Now the Democrats, by one seat, hold control of the Pennsylvania House. And I believe they should ha- conduct a Speaker of the House election and replace Mr. Rossi.
0: Oh, down there. Yeah, they probably will, and they can force it too. So they just might do that.
5: I hope. Th- I hope they do because he has. He is. Clearly inept in this position, and for us to suffer two years of his <laughs> ineptitude would be a terrible mistake.
0: I think it was in Penn Live they had a uh, editorial ca- a cartoon against him. Somebody was in this giant hand was flicking him on the forehead, and this giant voice above said, "You had one job." <laughs> oh, I didn't see
5: that. That's pretty impressive because Pen Live is very, very democratic. No,
0: I think right. it was a weekly summary of other
5: people's oh, stuff. See, well, I don't, you know. get,
1: I don't get that from them, Cindy. I am. I kind of thought they were down the middle. Oh, That's because really? you I are conservative. I don't
5: see them that way. Not as long as John Micek's on their editorial board. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I think that Commonwealth, the challenges we face and the opportunity that we have with a more rationally minded governor and Shapiro, we need a new Speaker of the
0: House. I hope they do it. Fair enough. Thank, thank you, Cindy. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody who participated tomorrow. Ben Reichley will be in here. We'll probably hit up somebody else from CBS and get a good guest in here. Uh, it'll be our Friday wrap-up show. We'll also get a Super Bowl preview from Rob Center. who will be our fabulous producer tomorrow. Are allowed to see Super Bowl? You have to see the big game. You can say it as long as you're talking about the big game that we're going to put on Ego 107. This is WKOK Sunbury.